Well, as you're opening your Bibles, first, a happy Father's Day. Um, for Father's Day, our title today is, What is a Woman? <laughs> and you may find that to be a bit odd, but we are in odd times. Um, and I think it'll make sense once we uh, get to it, but... Our series is Truth Matters. Uh, Truth Matters. And we're kind of going through really a lot of the issues that are facing the church through progressive Christianity. Um, So these are as much as um, issues that are outside the church and in our our government, in our cities, the bigger concern is what's happening within our church. And I, and I want to be clear about that. Um, it'd be one thing if it was, you know, just outside. I mean, sinners by definition sin, right? We, we shouldn't be surprised or shocked um, when sin is rump, running rampant. But when we see truth being undermined within the church, uh, we have to take strong notice. It, it's an amazing thing that in today's society, you, you could literally be anything you want. You, you can invent stuff. You can create things. What you really have to be careful about being is something like a straight male. N- now that's offensive. N- now that's something that'll, you know, be attacked and see rage. Uh, so the idea of Father's Day is kind of odd because how do we even define what a father is? And we're not, are we allowed to, is it okay to, to, to be a father? Is, is it okay to be a mother? Um, the, I was, I was looking up in, in Google searches and how many times has, has, what has a woman been looked up? I mean, now, now, now think about that for a second. The, the question, what is a woman? that would even make people think that and then go to Google to find out what that is. I mean, nobody should Google that, right? And yet 19 billion times this year. So, so th- this is an issue. Uh, this isn't, again, it's not one of my issues. It's not, you know, just my soapbox. This is an issue. The idea of what is a woman and of course the the phrase, what is a woman, is really just a, a euphemism for the, the gender identity movement, for the, um, you know, the, the uh, transgender movement. And so you could easily just uh, as easily say, what is a man? Um, it, it's really the same, the same question. But it's, it's kind of been wrapped right now in this argument from the other side, from the good side. Well, what is a woman? Define what a woman is. Because the postmodern way uh, and, and the progressive pillar, progressive Christianity is, well, there are no absolutes. So the idea that, well, this is what a woman is in their minds doesn't exist. You, 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 can't, you can't say that. Um, that's not fair. It, it's fluid, right? Gender fluid. It, it changes. 2 Timothy 4.3 reminds us, and again, 2 Timothy 4.3 was written 2,000 years ago. Uh, 
And, and it says that, you know, there's going to be a time. There's going to be a time in the world when, when, when they will come, and they meaning people in the church, are going to come together and they're not going to want sound doctrine. They're not going to want to study Jesus' words. Instead, what they're going to want is to have their ears itched or tickled. They're going to want to hear what they want to hear. They're going to want their, their worldly, ungodly, unrighteous, unbiblical ideas reinforced from the pulpit itself, from, from the church. That day will come. And it will be in accordance to their own lusts. That means their own desires. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Isaiah can go back another thousand years. And Isaiah 5.20 says, they're going to call evil good and good evil. It's going to be a complete reversal, a switch. We, we remember in, in Judges 17 that they're going to you know, do what's right in their own eyes. And that was considered a bad thing. Now that's considered a good thing. That's considered you know, academic. That's considered progressive within that word is the idea of progressing, moving forward, being modern, uh, doing it better is doing what's right in your own eyes. The problem with that is in the Bible and scripture in places like Proverbs 14, 34, that path leads you to death and leads you to destruction. And so again, we're, 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 we're on a mercy mission. Um, we, we, this, this, this is something that should concern us. And, and, and it's not okay that you just decide what your own morality is. You don't get to just make up morality from your own opinion or whatever the, the crowd is at this time. And, and again, right now, they will start off by saying, you know, you can believe and do whatever you want. You say, okay, I want to be a man. And I want to be a Christian man. And, and whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, well, not that. Shh. Silence. And then the rage. I mean, just watch the the interviews, just watch the, the, the video clips and the, the, the absolute fierce anger that comes out when you tell them no, when you tell them the truth. You can drive down the, the, the roads and, you know, see the, the signs on the outside of, of these churches nowadays. And, you know, the idea of, you know, God loves you, no exceptions. And then all around it, all the pride flags. What is that message saying? Is that message repeating John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Is that what that meaning of love is when, when they say Jesus loves everybody, no exceptions? No. What they're saying is it's okay, it's acceptable, we completely include this sin to come into our church, it's okay, God loves you. Well, it's true, God does love you, and God can forgive you, and there is mercy. Um, but this is not an acceptable lifestyle. And so for us, we have to be careful too. You know what? We have to be careful. This isn't something to be laughed at or, or mocked. Um, it's, it's not a joke. 
Um, it's, it's not a laughing matter. This is serious stuff. If we just kind of laugh about it and mock about it, and look, I, I get it. I mean, you can turn on the TV or, you know, the Dodgers, Major League Baseball is getting ready to host an event tonight. And, and it's, it's going to be ridiculous. But, but we as, as, as Christians, we as, a, as believers who have a concern for people who are lost and misguided, uh, we, we need to, to change the way we look at this. Again, ironically, I, I don't think it's usually done in, in harshness or wickedness that we tease and mock this. Uh, maybe we should go back to the, to the biblical terms. And just whenever we phrase it, talk about it the way it is. Detestable acts, abominations. Um, so we don't want to be aggressive, but we don't want to make a mockery of it either. Right? And, and again, these are, are just lost souls that are caught in their sinful ways. And we need to understand and have our arms wrapped around what the issue is and, and, and guard the church. You know, right now there's 20 different national days of awareness for the LGBTQ community. One month it's Pride Day, another month it's Drag Month, another one it's coming out. It's, they have 20 different national holidays. Now think about that. We, we have, you know, men and women have gone to war and died on the battlefield to pay for our freedom, and we barely celebrate them twice a year. Jesus Christ came. And, and was born and died on the cross for sin. We have, we have two, day, two, day, two months a year and they wash him out, right? It's not Christmas anymore. It's not Easter anymore. It's, you know, they, they've renamed it. But we have 20 national days of awareness. Again, this is being pushed and, and crammed down our throats. We, we have to say something about it. Last week, we were talking in, in Romans 1. Romans 1 gave us an outline of, okay, here's the path, not just to homosexuality, but here, here's a path to, uh, to depraved minds, to darkened hearts. That there's, It begins with the suppression of the truth, and, and then it goes to futile speculation. So replace the truth with futile speculations. Then the next step was impure lusts. And then the twisting and the depraved minds. And you ask, to what extent? Well, 2023, here we are. And the end of Romans 1 not only identifies these as, as, as depraved sin, but the added bonus and the new thing, and those who give approval. We, we don't give approval to sin. And again, in Romans 1, it, it's more sins than just one thing. It's not just homosexuality. It's also gossip. It's also slander. Um, but in today's day and age, and what we're seeing right now in this graphic illustration is through this uh, idea of gender identity. In 1828, Webster's Dictionary defined gender 1828, and it's the distinction between a male and a female. That, that's the definition of gender. Today, gender is a social construct, meaning socially, the community, the group can construct, 
That means define it any way they want. Now, the problem with that is you have society now just completely redefining terms any way they want. And so the idea of, of gender now, and, 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 and listen to what gender is described as today. Cultural differences, characteristics, behaviors, and roles. Now, we had old terms for those things. They were called cultural differences, characteristics, behaviors, and roles. We can dress up and, and, and put on a fireman's suit or a policeman's suit and, and, and play and have a character, but, but that doesn't make it so, right? Well, they've redefined that to where these character attributes are your gender. And they're saying, well, gender is just a construct. They're, they're playing with, with words. Kind of reminds me of this game that, uh, that the serpent plays. Did God really say it that way? Is gender really biological? See, biology, and we'll get to this, biology is what defines the gender. So, so you don't even understand what gender is until you understand what the biology is. The biology then dictates the gender, not the other way around. And it's definitely not conflated to, well, just kind of characteristic traits. Well, yeah, then you can be and pretend to be whatever you want. Well, so today we want to look at what is a woman. And like I said, it, it could be what is a man, but be, because this is kind of a, a popular phrase and saying and in, in, in the debate, it's really what is a woman? What is transgender? What is gender? the gender identity movement? And we want to see three things. The first is, well, we want a biblical view. We want a biblical view. We also want to see the biological view, and then we want to understand the movement's view of what is a woman. So I mentioned progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity is really just, it's very worldly. It's, it's very secular. It's very political. And it's very diabolical. It's a completely unbiblical thing that's then packaged into uh, the, the, these new ideas and then placed in the church. Um, we, we see that the idea of Jesus is completely accepted. People like the, 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 the loving, kind Jesus, the hippie Jesus, uh, but they don't like his words. So, so if Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, we don't, we don't like commandments. I just want to love you and you just want to love me. Jesus loves me. Stop right there. I love him. Stop right there. We're not going to define the terms, not biblically. We'll just define those as it's just a touchy feel good moment. So they're very uncomfortable with the words in the Bible, with the words that Jesus preaches. Well, that's our concern. That's the only thing we know. The only thing we know and can understand is what the Bible says. The words, the words matter. The words have meaning. And so we're called then to obey the words, to, to walk in his way. And so what do, what do God's words say? Well, in Genesis 1, 
Genesis 1, all the way back to the beginning, the questions that we might have, who are we? Where do we come from, right? Well, what is a woman? Well, here's the, the biblical view of what is a woman. Genesis 1, 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And so it was. And God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw, God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds and the skies and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. And so what we see right away in the first chapter of the Bible. Who are we and where do we come from? Who are we? Well, we have men and we have women. We have males and we have females. And it feels and seems ridiculous that we would even have to point that out. But very clearly it is pointed out in verse 26. We see the Hebrew word Adam, Adam is the name for man. Does that sound familiar? Adam? It's his name and it's who he is. And, and the woman, the female, the nek abba, is the female. And so we see that in the Bible, we had two distinctly different creatures, creations, a male and a female. Now, we don't have one that can then just identify however they want when they grow up. Because that would make sense, right? We're all really just a one, one like lump of Play-Doh. It's like, boop, there it is. We'll see what happens. No, we also don't see multiple lumps of Play-Doh where there's like 72 different lumps of Play-Doh. There are 72 different things. No, we see two. We see man and woman. We see male and female. This idea is extended in Genesis chapter 22, Genesis uh, or Genesis chapter two, verse two. And the Lord fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of this out of, out of the man. We see the invention now of marriage. Who, what is marriage? Marriage is a man and a woman. That's what marriage is. How do we know? Because it says it here in Genesis chapter 2. Who said it? God said it. The creator of the universe, the absolute moral authority who makes the laws, gives the laws, gives the commands. He's the one who invented it, said it. That's the way it is. And there were only two options, a male and a female. There's only husband and wife. We see there's two sexes, there's two genders, there's only two kinds of people. And this is extended throughout the Bible. We'll, we'll see a little bit later where we see some of the, um, the abominations that come out of that. But look, the Bible isn't like just something that we use as a tool or a weapon. That's, we're not just 
coming to the to this chapter just as like part of our argumentation, the argument comes from the postmodern belief. The postmodern belief that there are no absolutes. God says there is an absolute. Him. In the beginning, God. So, so th this is a direct confrontation with God and then God's word. That, that's why Genesis is so important. That's why creation is so essential and not to be played with. It's very, very dangerous. It's a slippery slope when, when the serpent says, did God really say it that way? Huh, I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Did God really say there's only a male and female? Um, uh, uh, did he? Yes, he did in print right here. And so this, this isn't a weapon. This, this is God revealing to us an absolute, an absolute, a reality. This is what's really real. This is what real history is. This is what the real truth is. This is real science. They talk a lot about follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. Well, unless the science doesn't match their belief, then, well, maybe it's not true. We'll say things like, look, this is, this is self-evident. Remember last week in Romans 1, God says, Look, I put within you the understanding that I exist. It's inside of you. This is what is self-evident. That means this is the proof. This is the, the evidence that I exist. The things that are invisible that you can't see. And you go, whoa, that's, that's your evidence. That's God's evidence that he says, look, I put it inside of you to know and understand. So what, what's an example of self-evidence? Well, self-evidence, I exist. Here I am, right? Here's my, my, my proof. It's so obvious, it needs no explanation. We can bring up a man and a woman and, and right away it's self-evident. But man rejects and denies basic reality. That's what we saw in Romans 1 last week. And the end result of that is a turning over and a twisting of the mind that leads to all kinds of perversions. The Bible, like I said, throughout all of Scripture makes clear distinctions. We see the, the roles and leadership in Titus and Timothy between men and women. Ephesians 5, between husbands and wives. The Bible is consistent Throughout scripture, there's no change. There's no variance. There's no new social construct. By the way, um, you know, 4,000 years ago, Moses penned Genesis. And when he was penning Genesis, he was writing about Adam, who was 2,000 years before him. So we have a historical record here that includes, so it's, it's not new, but includes an understanding of what homosexuality, of, of, of elements of, of transgender. And so this isn't something that, again, we use the Bible as a weapon. We just, well, let, let, let's use this to our whim. No, the Bible's been addressing this and speaking to this. It's just now 
escalated to a much, much larger extent. But the real danger, the real damage of, the, of, of denying the biblical view is the, the replacing. We're, we've been talking about sports lately and about how, you know, it'd be one thing if every, if little Johnny, you know, little Johnny wants to, to play shortstop and, and what's wrong with little Johnny playing shortstop? Well, the problem with little Johnny playing shortstop is Rick plays shortstop. And I can't put Johnny at short without taking Rick out. And Rick has earned it and is better and deserves it. So one thing can't happen without the other. And so what's happening is there's this ultimate claim of dominion for life and truth in this transgender what is a woman movement. And that is we're going to change the very existence of what a human being is. Whoa. Now, nobody says it like that. They just say, let me be what I want to be, right? Can I just change? I feel different inside. You know, I, I feel like something else. No, what you're, you're claiming ultimate authority and dominion over not only yourself, but now you're also demanding that we come into your delusion. And if we don't, we're mean and hateful. Well, God gives us the law, the rule, and in that he gives us stability. He gives us security. Right now, I can't imagine how people are processing this information without the word of God. They're looking at people, politicians and, and, and doctors and scientists and and you know scholars and they're saying well they're saying this is true i i guess it must be true but god gives us stability and understanding and wisdom in his word and these are set principles just like the same principles that are applied when you're driving down the road and you put your foot on the brake you're you're expecting it to work right and if it doesn't work you die or the person you ram into dies. Well, what's behind that is empirical, truthful science that's at work. And that's what God has done for us. He's given us the truth so that we can live and live successfully. And so it's, it's, it's not that, the, the, that we are like out to get the, the transgenders. That, that's not what it is. We're out for reality. We're out for what is true. We're out to see what God has designed from the beginning. And there is only male and female. Gender is not fluid. It's based on biology. And there's very clearly only two biological sexes, male and female. It's always been the same. It's still the same today. Well, the second view we want to look at in what is a woman is well, we want to look at the, the biology. We, we want to understand, okay, well, if it's empirically true, if it's scientifically true, I, I need a little bit more than self-evident. Can, can you show me some, some science? Well, the biology is basically the study of, of living organisms, the study of life. That, that's what biology is. There's different fields, right? You've got uh, physiology, anatomy, behavior, um, or, you know, you know, real origins. This is what the truth is. This is what the scientific evidence provides us. And so we can see in plants and we can see in animals. 
uh, we can see reproduction. We, we see it and understand it and see it over and over and over again. It's repeatable. That's the beauty of science. Uh, we see in animals, there's only male and females. Hmm, that's odd. The people who claim that we come from evolution and that all of us are just rats, we're all just animals. Well, only the animals only have male and female, well, but I guess we're different. It doesn't even make sense within their own, you know, ideological scientific beliefs. But again, biology is simple. Biology is simple. A man, XY chromosomes. So we can all go into the doctor's office today and, you know, be put under the microscope, the microscopes in the labs, and we're going to have XY chromosomes, men, XX chromosomes, women. It's amazing. We can see things like, well, let's look at just something like reproduction. First of all, you can't reproduce unless you have a male and a female. Basic birds and the bees stuff, right? So the, the, the males, one of the identifications, one of the differences, one of the biological differences, things like testes and semen are used for reproduction and the women's reproductive system then has you know, ovaries and fallopian tubes and uterus and cervix and they're different. Men don't have the women parts, the women don't have the men parts. This was by God. This is how God designed male and female. We saw this again in the very beginning that male and female are to be fruitful and to multiply. They do this together. That's how God designed it. Genesis 2.18, a man and a woman. You find a mate and you match. You leave and you cleave. Now, the Bible's, again, not silent for these different variations. Deuteronomy 22 says that it is an abomination. An abomination to what? To cross-dress. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a strong word. I don't use that word. I've never looked at somebody said, that's an abomination. Why? It feels harsh. It feels... Whoa, that's like real serious. And, and, and I've dealt with every sin under, un, under the, the sun. And I never thought in my mind, abomination. You just, okay, this is what sin is. But look at how God calls cross-dressing an abomination. Why? Well, because again, this is a violation of God's order and his law, or what we say, Law and order, right? What do we get when we have law and order? Well, the rules of society. We, we, we have peace and harmony. When society obeys law and order, then there's true harmony. And God is saying, look, when you mess up the harmony, it's an, I'm an abomination to what I've designed. You're messing with my creation. 1 Corinthians 6.19 warns against things like being an effeminate, a male acting like a woman, acting like an effeminate. And we know this against the self-evidence. Lisps don't come from children. Those, those are practiced behaviors. Those are adopted behaviors. Those are effeminate behaviors that men will use to what? To mirror, to imitate. They're not born with a lisp. 
So it was, was not, you know, I was born that way. No, you weren't. That's a, a lie. Well, what about, what about the eunuchs? Yeah, eunuchs aren't anything new. There were people who were born with defects. People are born with defects. That's true. And then there were people who were castrated to be used as, as servants. And we, we see in the Old Testament that, that there are eunuchs. What about the, the hermaphrodite? Everybody's always got a what about, right? What about? You, you know what the percentage of people in the world that are hermaphrodites? Well, you've never met one. I mean, think about that for a second. It, it's, it's so very rare. And again, this is a, a scientific thing. This isn't just something you walk down the street and go, I, I want to be a hermaphrodite. No, you're, you're born and it's a, it's a defect and you have both reproductive systems. And it's extremely, extremely rare that a hermaphrodite gets pregnant. Why? Because for whatever reason, even though they have the two different um, reproductive systems, they usually take on the characteristic of the, of the male reproductively. They don't, they don't give birth. So again, you're talking about like wanting to use that as like a, a, a the very rare example as, oh, that's the way we all are. We, we, we can all then be, you know, effeminate hermaphrodites. No, the, these are exceptions to the rules. We know that gender dysphoria is not new. In fact, that term gender dysphoria was not invented by the church. It was invented by science. It was invented in the, in the uh, academic uh, uh, realm. And, and it's the, the idea of people who, again, who had you know, different preferences and it started with, well, little boys or little girls, you know, they, they like different toys. Again, these are just characteristic functions. They, they like doing different activities. You know, the, the Tom girl, right? Or the tomboy, the girl who liked to run around and jump around. That doesn't mean that she's a boy. She just likes doing those things. Uh, a lot of the, the early diagnosis, these are people who, who were, had, had a lot of anxiety or were lonely or depressed, low self-esteem, eating behaviors, substance abuse. Again, the, the, these aren't gender issues. These are character issues. And, and so now, and again, if that were the case, then how come they're not consistent? How come every single one isn't like that? Well, because it's made up. It's, it's not true. So many of the, of, of the anchors of their beliefs come from fakes and hoaxes. It's unbelievable. It's, it's like evolution. When you actually go and you study evolu evolution, so many of, of the different models that, that people are common or, you know, and understand were, were found as frauds by scientists, not, not by Christians, by scientists. You know, the Nebraska man, you know, things like that, right? Well, in, the, in, in this discussion of, of gender identity, uh, most of you have probably heard the term Sybil. They actually even made an, a movie of it called Sybil. And it was a gal who had multiple personalities. And then it came out later that she was faking. But we still use that term as though it's real. As though there's really a person named Sybil who had these multiple personalities. Um, the, the, the sad thing is, is that, look, we know, we know, and it goes back to the, the when we were talking about a couple weeks ago about feelings. 
We're not denying that people have feelings. People have feelings. People have emotions. But, but those feelings and emotions have to be battled. Right? They have to be rejected when, when they're bad. Charles Manson had strong feelings. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer had strong feelings. It doesn't make it okay. And so we've seen for years, teenage girls have trends. What's the trend? Well, the first trend begins with the mirror. They look in the mirror. They don't like what they see because of how society is defining what beauty is for that day and age. And so teenage girls have struggled with things like anorexia, bulimia, cutting, depression, body image. And the transgender movement is just another one of those phases. That's why we have way more uh, girls that are struggling with this. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. It's, it's, again, it's not a joke. It's not funny. And, and these teens that are so confused and just struggling with, with maturing and all the changes going on in their body and their mind and their feelings and emotions. And so what we're telling them is, okay, don't, 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 don't get mature. Don't think through that. No, go with it. Go with the flow. And so they're going with the flow. And then here's the other issue that's on the rise. Detransitioning. So at 12 or, you know, 10, they think, you know, the boy thinks he's a little girl. So mommy and daddy play dress up with him and turn him into a little girl. And then he gets to be 16. And now he wants to go back to being a boy. But some of these people have had surgery. Some of them have been taking drugs and they are forever affected physically. It, it's, it, it's so diabolical. And by the way, and, and, and doctors are laughing their way to the bank, charging obscene amounts of money for this and then putting them on medications that last forever. So they're fully supported by big pharma which then is supported by politicians, which is supported by education. Um, again, all you would have to do in, in, in studying and identifying this, uh, just, just from a, from, from a, a non-biased perspective, not, not from a Christian perspective, just, just look at the people who've bought into this, the detransitioners. Why are they changing? Why are they flip-flopping? If it's so, if you were born that way, then change over, stay over. But it's not working that way. They're just riding the wave of emotion. They're riding whatever's moving them. And, and the argument was, well, we're concerned that if we don't let them do this, then they're going to harm themselves. And, you know, we don't want to see self-harm. We've never had more self-harm in this community than we do now. It's just a, a terrible, vicious cycle. Look, there's, there's proven biological, scientific evidence of the differences between a male and a female. But as, Gen, as Romans 1 says, proclaiming to be wise... In their futile speculations, they become fools. And again, not to be mocked. This should break our hearts. We, if we don't already have family and friends, we will have family and friends who are, who are engulfed in this.
I was listening to another study. There's, there's, a, uh, there's this hoax called the Grievance Studies Affairs. Grievance Studies Affairs. And these, this uh, professor and a writer, they set out to say, you know, where are all these ideas coming from? Where are we getting all these kooky ideas from? Well, they're coming from the university. Because the way I get a raise, the way I get a PhD, the way I get fame is by writing a journal article, writing, creating something, usually that's kind of out there and outlandish and a new discovery. And that's how I become a doctor. That, that's my PhD. Well, that they, they, you know, go to one another, these different um, professors. It's like, so I want to write a, an, an article on homosexual dogs. Ooh. That sounds good, and that proves homosexuality. And so they write papers, and you become a doctor because of that paper. Well, the Grievance Studies Affairs, they decided, okay, we're going to put out fake papers and see if, the, if how serious and how real the, uh, the university community is. They put out 20 papers, 20. Normally you put out like one, maybe two papers a year. If you're really, really smart and intelligent, these guys sat down, put out 20 in one year and then sent them out to different universities with crazy different ideas and suggestions and things like that. Completely accepted all kinds of insane ideas. Well, we call that academia. And then they get published in Time Magazine. And then they have experts that come on CNN and they quote them. Well, studies say, and, the, and these, they've, they've proved that so many of these studies are hoaxes and what they don't report on is the actual real damage that's being done to people. And that's a concern to us, not just spiritually, but also physically. Well, the final understanding of what is a woman is well there's a movement behind this there, there's a there's a movement view behind what is a woman it's the gender ideology movement we see it in the it's it's got a nice little label they've got their own flags they've got their own colors the lgbtq plus i love the plus part what's the plus part well whatever we want because that might change Think about that for a second. Think about just adding a plus to, you know, I, I, I can imagine going before, a, you know, presenting a business and trying to find investors and you're laying out your business plan and the name of your business plan at the end of it is plus. And like plus what? I don't know. I, you know, I, I sell cars, but I don't know, maybe I'll sell fried chicken. I don't know, plus. It's like anything goes. Um, and for them, it's, that's what it is. It's plus. It's whatever we invent next. Well, the gender identity, the transgender movement, again, is this is a movement. It's seeking the postmodern way to undermine truth, to undermine absolutism. If you undermine, under, you know, take apart what's absolute, then you're taking apart God. Because that is who God is by definition. He is the absolute. He is the moral absolute being. He creates moral absolutes that we follow. If you eliminate absolutes, well, then you've eliminated God. 
And so they come up with things like the whole pronoun debate. He, her, they, them. It's like you're, you're, you're they, you're that they, them. So you're, you're identifying as a multiple personality person. Didn't we used to think that that was a problem? Um, now it's okay and acceptable. Um, they just have an unlimited amount of, and ironically, they're tied into sexual perversions. I, I guess that's just a happenstance. But it's an assault against the Bible. It's a, it's a the, the, the gender construct is an, a construct speculated by fools to undermine and create whatever they want. Another one of the famous hoaxes, which was, well, Gen and this is what primarily our gender identity and our, our fluidity is based on. This one guy, John Money, who had these two twin boys. And one of the boys had a, a tragic accident when he was young. And, and it affected his body parts. And so they go, well, we'll just switch him into a woman. And so they did that. They experimented with that. And lo and behold, neither one of those twins are alive today because of these sick, perverted experiment on people. He had a speculation. He wrote papers on this speculation. He put it into practice with real kids. It completely failed. And that speculation of gender fluidity is common as though it's right and it's good and it worked. And it was a complete hoax and failure. Unbelievable. Well, the other irony, irony of this is we have now men dressing up as women, which in essence are denying things like motherhood, womanhood. Uh, I, I have a, a, a mother. I have a wife. I have my daughters. In essence, what they're saying is, well, there are no women anymore. You asked them, and that's why we got this question. What is a woman? And uh, Matt Walsh went around and he went to, to you know, scientists and he went to uh, university professors. What's a woman? Couldn't answer. Could not give an answer because they know that, that their whole premise is a lie. Well, if there's no woman, there's no definition of woman, and you can invent whatever a woman is, well, then guess what? I don't have a mom. I don't have a wife. I don't have a daughter. You've, you've just removed women Oh, with men. I mean, again, we're the feminists on this. This is insane. Uh, so in 2023, the, the women of the year are all men. It's, in, it's insane. USA Today's Man and Woman of the Year, Glamour Magazine, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, Miss Universe is a man. Sports is becoming infiltrated with, with men who are identifying as women. Heck, there's no Father's Day. I mean, what's a father? Um, life has never been easier. Life has never been easier. The, the things that we have in modern convenience are unbelievable. We should be so happy. We've never had so much. It's easy and we have a lot. We have abundance. And yet we've never been so miserable. Addiction, alcohol, drug, 
anger, anxiety, all of those things are, are skyrocketing on the rise. How? How is that? How is it possible? How is it possible that people are allowed to be and do whatever they want? They're allowed to follow their speculations? That's why it's an abomination. Because it undermines God. And God is saying, if you want this, you get it. And it's killing and destroying people. They're getting what they want. And it's horrible. It's horrific. They, by playing God, because that's exactly what they're doing. I don't like who you made me, God. I'm going to change it. Make no mistake. I'm going to undermine who God is, how God made me, and literally make up my own truth, redefine all the terms, and then make it illegal to refute those things. Because that's where we're at right now. So not only is, do people have to be allowed to pursue these things to the ultimate sense, now it's illegal to even refute it, and it's then considered a hate crime. So you ask the question in a very popular uh, conservative you know, uh, podcaster and former news anchor you know, came out and said, look, I used to ask the question, what's the harm? What's the harm? If people want to call themselves whatever they want to call themselves, I don't know. What's the harm? Uh, there's great harm. And she realized the, 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 the gravity of that harm. And she said, I will never do that again. By forcing us into the, your delusions, some of you are in the workforce. Some of you understand that what's happening and, and people are getting fired, which means you lose your job, which means you can't put food on the table and pay rent. That's serious. Even little things like sports participation, uh, you know, boys are taking advantage of girls and girls are actually getting hurt on the sports field because these boys are too physical and they think that's okay. The law, the legal system is now against you. So you can't say anything, refute it. But again, the worst part is in the church. The worst part is this assault on God. And God has clearly said, this is detestable. These are detestable acts and abominations. And yet the church is saying, it's okay. It's not okay. And the, and the craziest thing is they're hell bent on teaching these to children and in secret. So they want to take all our children in school during the day, teach them these perverted concepts and then lie to parents, withhold that truth and, and, and not tell them. You, and you don't think this is demonic or an attack? Romans 1, 28. Last week we were talking about Romans. We're talking about what leads up to things like like homosexuality and but Romans 1 28 ends and, it, and again it ends with all kinds of different sins verse 28 and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer when you don't see fit to give God his glory honor and praise to fear the Lord God Almighty to put to be in awe of God then God gave them over to a depraved mind and to 
do the things which are not proper. These are the things that aren't proper. God turns people over to, and, and they start doing them. Verse 29, being filled with unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, they know what God says, that those who practice such things are worthy of death. That's scary. The practicing of these things, and you'll notice in this list, homosexuality, effeminate cross-dressers, not in there. So, so there's a lot of things. Don't get fixated on this one issue, right? Those who practice these things, those who do these things with, without any regard to repentance are worthy of death. But here's the other thing, they not only do the same, but also give heartily approval to those who practice. When you give heartily approval to those who practice these things, then you too are worthy of death. That, that should strike a chord with us. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12, again, then lists those things like being effeminate and homosexual and other things. It says, look, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So how is the church silent on this? We gave the, the example last week of, of going down the Snoqualmie River and heading towards the falls. You're heading towards your death and destruction and the people who know the truth don't say anything. We pretend as though there's nothing to see here. It's not just a matter of let them do what they want to do. It's a matter of an issue that's infiltrated the church. And it's a matter of an issue that's just a, 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 an underlining issue of the bigger picture of the postmodern thought. When you think like a postmodern, you can do anything you want. And this is just an example. This is just an example of how far we can go where we don't even know what a woman is. Don't know, can't define it. That's depraved. And that is surrounding us and it's in the church. And we have to, to fight that with God's words, God's words. And so we know our response then isn't hate. Our response isn't mocking. Our response is in a genuine, true love, which is that we warn and call people to what? To repentance, to, to obey the commandments of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for giving us the truth so that we know what right and wrong is. We know what a man, what a woman is. We know what an abomination is to you. But Lord, we also know what grace is. We also know what mercy is. And Lord, that we too were once that way. 
And that way is the sinful way. That way is an unrepentant way. That way is a rebellious way. And so for anybody who is clenching the fist at you, Lord, then they are on a path of destruction. But for anyone who is willing to bow the knee before the throne, who's willing to repent, who's willing to confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is the living God, well, then to those people, there's mercy and forgiveness. And yes, God loves the world. God loves everyone. And God has provided a way of escape for all of mankind. But they've got to follow. They've got to trust. They've got to obey. And so we take the grace and the mercy that you've freely given us and the re- reciprocate that love with the love of our own by keeping your commandments. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen.